Welcome to Every Block Rising. This podcast is dedicated to the realization that our world was imagined by someone and that we can imagine and build something much, much better for all of us. Let's imagine and create together. So hi, good afternoon, everybody. Happy Juneteenth. Uh, I'm Cristiano, your guest co-host for today's special episode of Every Block Rising. Today, I have a very special guest with me, Nubian Roberts. Welcome to Every Block Rising, Nubian. How you doing today? How you feeling? Thank you, Cristiano, for having me at Every Block Rising. I am fantastic today. I feel like a firework busting bubble of dynamite right now. I'm just excited to be celebrating Juneteenth. Our liberation. It gets no better than that. Go ahead. Tell me a little bit about yourself. So, well, I would love to tell you a little bit about myself. The main thing that I would love for folks to know is that I'm a military brat. So I went to school overseas in Germany and never heard of Juneteenth. Never, never heard of Juneteenth. Didn't know anything about it. Moved to the States. Moved to California, didn't hear about Juneteenth there either, but came to Florida and my, oh my, Juneteenth is a huge celebration and also a huge part of history that a lot of folks don't know about. So how I came to know about Juneteenth is one, moving to Jacksonville, Florida, where Juneteenth is a huge deal because Jacksonville was one of the Southern states that was affected by, I would say, the trauma of not knowing that we were free. So from what I know about Juneteenth, folks were in the South and legislation had passed saying that the slaves were free and the overseers, the masters of slavery, decided they didn't want to end slavery and start sending people out to Texas to hide them, to keep slavery going. So I never knew about that. But man, I can imagine as a Black woman right now who feels like we still fight for liberation on a regular basis, how angry my ancestors probably felt, but then how excited and happy. Also, once they found out that they were free, when the soldiers came and it was some black soldiers that actually came to let them know that they were free. Can you imagine? First of all, you're a slave. You never seen anybody doing anything except for plantation work. Now you see soldiers coming who literally have fought in the war and are winning the war, letting you know that you're free. And I don't know. I think I would have just took off. I would have left everybody. I would have just been out. <laughs> like, just in case y'all change y'all mind, I'm out of here. But um, just the strength of the ancestors to be able to, like, like, move through those challenges. Because I'm sure at that time, folks were probably like, do I stay on the plantation and work? Do I go out and find something else? Because I know everybody wasn't trying to work in the in the fields. There were some people who were probably sneaking and learning to read and realized they wanted to take an educational route. But my thing is to see what our people did after the emancipation was like basically written in stone and everyone knew, they were able to like figure it out because I don't think America had a plan for us. 
Like they didn't say, oh, we got FEMA for y'all. You know what I'm saying? Or we're going to pay y'all for them two years that y'all worked as slaves and y'all should have been paid as employees. I don't know that that happened. I would probably bet it didn't. So to see the strength of who we are today from that happening is just like worth celebrating. And that's why I feel so dynamic, like a firework on the inside. All those years we celebrated 4th of July, I never really could connect with it because I knew my people weren't free when, you know, the 4th of July was put in place, not for us. So it feels good to have something that belongs to us, something that our ancestors fought for. They literally wanted to celebrate Juneteenth as soon as like that first year anniversary came around for the for like the real Juneteenth, even though they had been free for three years. And Jim Crow came in and smacked them upside the head and said, hey, segregation is in place now. Even though you free, you can't go where you want to go. You can't celebrate where you want to. So we weren't able to like celebrate in public places. We could go to the park and just like have a big party, like in the middle of town. No, we had to go on the outskirts. We had to found, find like, you know, streams and rivers out in the country where, you know, white folks wasn't really interested in coming. And I love the fact that in our history, Black people had such a pride about them, the way that they dressed, the way that they put on their eccentric outfits, because for so many years, they were making laws like to try to keep them oppressed with their clothing. How are you going to tell us we can't dress nice? So I love the fact that our people got dressed in their most fanciest get-ups. Now we go culturally. Culturally. Or we do our RBG colors, which I love, to really accent what Juneteenth stands for. The red being for the blood of our people that was shed. So it's like how we turn that thing around. It's just amazing. It just talk. It shows us the resilience of our heritage, of our people. No matter how much we get kicked, no matter how much we get stomped. We're going to be fighting for liberation. Who knows how many more years? Because we ain't free. We ain't free till we all free right now. But we can still live in happiness and celebrate the fight of our ancestors just to have a national holiday as we celebrate Juneteenth for the first time on a national level. I mean, I personally been taking them days off. I don't know about y'all. Juneteenth coming around, I'm off, baby. I don't care who I work for. Go fire me. But it's so nice to be able to have the entire country take the day off, right? To acknowledge the fight of our ancestors. You're acknowledging that slavery was wrong. You're acknowledging that slavery went on way longer than it should have. And you're acknowledging that that was our emancipation. That was our freedom day. It's not the 4th of July. I'm so glad I ain't never got to spend another dollar on the 4th of July, baby. I can't tell you. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> and thank you for that movie. Um, you know, it was it was actually a little bit different for me because I went to school in the Bahamas, which you know is a black led black nation through and through. Um, so I think when I was 15 or 16 was the first time I was learning about Juneteenth and how long it it took for um our brothers and sisters in the South to to get their emancipation so long after the actual proclamation. And it was always heartbreaking for me, knowing that it wasn't that long ago. 
It really wasn't that long ago that this happened, you know? And and even after getting our freedom, our people were still, still so, still so heavily oppressed. Yeah, enslaved. Yeah. You know? Um, and with that being said, uh, like, I... I think for me, that was one of the first uh, brushes with the differences for for me being raised in the Black nation uh, versus moving to and now living in a, a predominantly white-led, white su- 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 supremacist nation, a nation that built itself off the, the backs and blood, sweat, and tears of, of my brothers and sisters and ancestors here in this land. And the mindsets, the mindsets that I'd see um, in brothers and sisters when I when I came to America it really stood out to me because it was the mindset um of a people whose 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 history was very whitewashed and kept from them. Um and I listened to you when I hear you say that you had to come to Florida, you had to come to Jacksonville and really get involved in this to to find out about Juneteenth and the history behind Juneteenth. And that for me it's always been it's always been, I don't know, such a um a heavy Thing on me just knowing that like for us to figure out um what we've came from and the struggles that we have arisen up out of um just for us to get like that access to that kind of information we have to do so much more we have to do our own secular research we have to do our own deeper digging so that kind of thing was always heavy for me and so I'm wondering for you now that you've been in Florida for a while, you've known this for a while, you've been fully activated and taking action um, on behalf of our communities for a while. I'm wondering, what would you say the general pulse is around Juneteenth in your own community now that we do have this national holiday for the first time? How does that register with your neighbors and your peers? So I live in the hood in Jacksonville. Duval, that's how we get down. So in Duval, we get it cracking, okay? We've got the Melanin Market, which is the Black Economic Boost. The Melanin Market's been around for a few years now, and it was started by um, some Black women in Jacksonville, uh, Don Curling and Rep. Angie Nixon, are like the leaders of this beautiful melanin market that is over thousands of vendors that come from all over the country to Jacksonville to sell their handmade items, to, you know, introduce their business to consumers in Jacksonville. And we have made it our business to only spend money with Black businesses on Juneteenth. So Juneteenth is our economic boost. And that was like initially one of the first things that I saw happening with Juneteenth. But now in Jacksonville, we got celebrations that whole day. I'm going to be so tired because I'm trying to see a little bit of everything happening. We've got our first annual Juneteenth event at the beaches. Jacksonville has some of the most beautiful beaches. They are predominantly white. So I'm so excited that we're going to have the Black takeover at the beach. So y'all don't get nervous. We're bringing all our culture there and we are coming to embrace you in love because it is 2022. And, you know, those two years that our ancestors didn't know about being um, free, we're going to celebrate like 
I don't know, like it's 1999. I don't know, like Prince, <laughs> we're going to go hard that day, hard in the paint, because it just means a lot to us that, you know, everyone's celebrating us, celebrating our liberation. So also me personally, I'll be working that day for Florida Rising and I'll be introducing a really cool different type of element to Juneteenth. I'm going to be a part of the Ritz Emancipation Celebration. The Ritz is a historic building downtown in Jacksonville where lots of entertainers have come through. Like back in the day when they couldn't perform at the Florida Theater, the Ritz, that's where they went. So we're going back to our roots, baby. And I'm going to show a movie in the midst of a grand celebration, free screening of I Am Not Your Negro, because I want to remind folks of our liberation. We want to still be talking about our freedom because until everyone is free, we not free. Until we get a hand on our criminal justice, like until we re- get criminal justice reform, we're still witnessing slavery. It's just in a different form. So until our people are not like on the chopping block, we're going to still continue to educate. We're going to still agitate. And then we'll get around to a little bit of celebrating at least once a year, right? In our small victories and our big victories because they are coming. But my thing is, I love the fact that I'll be able to bring something to the community that's different and then sit and have a panel discussion where I'm going to have an elderly um, queen from the community. I'm going to have a brother who's about my age. I'm like 48, (laughs) get close to middle age. I'm going to have a young person who's part of Gen Z. And then I'm going to have a young lady who's in college. So I'm kind of like hitting every single generation And we're going to talk about why we're not your Negro and what that means to us, because I think that that's a conversation that needs to continue to happen because we need to be able to identify when folks are putting us back in the 1800s. We see it happening every day with our governor. We're not going to go back quietly. We're going to make all the noise that we can until we're heard because we matter. We've got a black rodeo coming to town for Juneteenth. Now, I'm a horse rider. Like, I love horses. I was raised um, around animals. But do you know how many black kids have never seen a horse, never been to a rodeo? And then to see black people on the rodeo? I love everything about Juneteenth. I love the economic. I love the new education, the vibration of just community coming together, being able to truly like put back into the community, give to them, celebrate them and have them celebrate themselves. That's what Juneteenth is about for me. And I think we got some wonderful fireworks happening too, which I told you I'm ready to explode now. So I'm all about that life. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Thank you, Nubian. Um, and it sounds like you yourself are doing quite a bit on 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 Juneteenth. So I'm very excited to see everything that comes out of that. Yeah. Um, I have to ask you though. I have to ask you, hearing all that you're doing, all that you're involved in, when did you realize that something needed to change in the world that you currently live in? Hmm. Well, first of all, I want to give a shout out to Miss Opalie, who was the black woman that pushed for the legislation of Juneteenth to pass. Mm-hmm. As a 
Black woman who has been to Tallahassee, who has pushed for laws to pass. I know how important it is for us to have different avenues of change. So her avenue was to change the law so that the folks will be able to recognize what happened on Juneteenth, which was trauma, but we turned it into a celebratorial um, event for all Black people and to ensure that young people know the history of Juneteenth, right? Because you have a national holiday, you're eventually going to ask, why are we off again today? With Black history being taken out of the schools and us losing so many different things that were so important to our community, I am just a person who cares about others. And Moving to Florida changed me because I couldn't turn around and look and see a whole bunch of folks out here like fighting for others, like in California, where I came from, which meant that I had to be one of those people. California I used to talk about it all the time, but they had a million people out there fighting the battle. In Jacksonville, it wasn't a lot of people fighting the battle. It's a real hard battle down here because we're like, probably 20 years behind any big city, but we're a big city still. I got involved with advocating for folks and being an activist based off of me being directly impacted by the criminal justice system and realizing that I was having that aha moment of how things have really just affected me as a young woman, especially being married to someone who has a record, me being a young lady who was very close to having a record. I have just decided to, you know, devote my my life's work to doing everything that I can to help the Black community because it's so near and dear to my heart. After having children, I can't imagine them living in a world where they don't have the same civil rights as I have coming up because I see them being taken away daily. So if I had to really like narrow it down to why I'm in this fight, Cristiano, I would say it is because of young Black boys and girls, making sure that they have an opportunity to be great, an opportunity to just have a fair shot. I feel like folks always like to say, well, we've come a long ways. But we have such a long ways to go. And um, I just want to be an instrument in God's army to make sure that this earth is um, balanced, you know, Um, that our kids have an opportunity to be whoever they want to be for real, you know, like Nas' song, I know I can be what I want to be. Like that song is truly a reminder of, to me, of what my responsibility is to the community, just to make sure that everything is on the up and up. And if it ain't, that's when the mother of the revolution comes out and y'all gonna have to deal with her. And she's not easy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that, Nubia. You actually, you got me caught in my head for a second because all I'm thinking is, I know I can be what I want to be. <laughs> like that, if I work hard at it. 
Yeah, that was one of the songs that, like, like I don't know, truly helped me believe. And I do believe, you know, and I do believe. And I, and I like that there's people like you out here that's working so hard, so hard to make sure that the rest of us can all have that opportunity. Um, I think it's so important what you said about um, how in California, um, this is a, it's it's the exact same fight taking place. The only difference is there's so much more help in California um, versus you coming to to um, to Jacksonville and seeing a need, seeing a lack of help and resources, and you yourself making yourself into um, a, a agent of change here for that. Thank you. Um, so let me ask you, given all that, given all the work and efforts and dedication that you're putting into this. What do you imagine if you could have a perfect world? What does a good world look and sound like to you? What's it taste like? What is Ooh. Ooh. the taste? The taste of peace. I don't know if people know what peace tastes like. I don't either, because I ain't never had full peace. But <laughs> <laughs> when I think of um the world that I would love to see, I think of a world where Race is not a thing. Just not a thing. When you say it's not a thing, tell me more on that. So when I say race is not a thing, meaning that it would be amazing if we could just wake up, right, tomorrow morning and everybody forget all about what happened in the past. Like, we just wake up refreshed, happy to be alive, not ever really knowing that there is a difference based off of having melanin and not having melanin. That would be a world where we could really love each other without having any kind of systematic hold on our brain. That's freedom. That's truly freedom. I feel like America has so much control over our thoughts and it takes so much for us to really disconnect from all the things that we were taught and to be independent thinkers that a lot of people don't have the energy to do it. But when you're able to, it's like that movie, The Matrix. You're like in a whole nother zone of love and acceptance. And I think that love and acceptance are the key to the world changing because I see that in the young people. The young people that are born today, they don't know or care about a lot of the things that the generation that I came through um, in the 70s. And I admire that. I admire the fact that my sons have friends from all different nationalities and they don't see color, but they know that as Black men, the government and the system is rigged to not really work for them but they still want to continue to be great. Um, and that just comes from me raising them and giving them positive vibration every day of their lives. The world that I want to see is the world where I don't have to worry every time my sons walk out of the house, if they're going to make it home because they're black men and they're endangered species. And I say that with my heart, like our black men are being hunted. And we don't have as many as we should because they've been taken away from us, whether it be death or jail. That right there is like the biggest things for me that I would like to see as a change in the world. We've been dealing with some heavy stuff here. It seems like every week there's some evil people in this world 
And it's so unfortunate that sometimes we blame evil on mental illness and then we don't really know what mental illness looks like to identify it, especially in the black community. I would like a day that the media didn't mean anything like we didn't like praise the media. We didn't care. We were just like word of mouth, real to each other, transparent, because there's so many things out there that you just don't know what to believe sometimes. So I want transparency and truth. We always talk about equity. I want to stop talking about it. I want to see it for real. They say don't talk about it, be about it. That's 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 a good segue to my next question for you, Nubian. What can we do to create that world? That world that you just described. What can we do to create that world together? Well, Cristiano, my dear friend, who I like to refer to as Aquaman. <laughs> that's a little internal joke. Some folks might get that one. I think that you and I work every day towards doing something. It's like we're kind of like picking away at it every day. Um, I know people always say pray, but I just want to take this opportunity to say that prayer without works is dead. So we can pray. And the thing about praying is that you don't pray and keep praying. You pray, you believe. And you walk in power. And that's what I would want to say to my people. After you get off your knees and you're praying, I need for us to start coming together, whether it be block by block. Just start with the neighborhood meeting. Connect with your community activists and really find out what's moving in your city. This Juneteenth, I would love for folks to like make an oath of like, rise up. Like, let this Juneteenth be the anniversary of you taking your power back. And taking your power back comes in steps, comes in like doses. First, you get your voice, you get that set up and you start using it. But not only are you using your voice, you're backing it up with an action. Because we got a lot of talkers. I mean, our community is full of like people that talk S-H-I-T. <laughs> we great at that culturally, but backing it up is something that you remember from your grandmother, your great grandmother. They told you they was going to do something. You better believe by sundown, your butt was going to be, it was going to be done. Whether it was <laughs> your butt getting whipped or something, you, it was going to happen because they were about it. And I would love for our community to get to a place where we are about that life that we don't take no days off. We not turn it on the radio when it comes to each other. Um, never should a black woman or a black man be attacked without the entire group of us having something to say and, 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 and buck in the system until something is done. Because that's the love that our ancestors have for each other. Many of them died for each other. The strongest ones were always the ones to go first because you and I know that after Juneteenth, when everyone was free, the ones that talked the most mess was the first ones to be hung. So in this day, when you are a person like you and I, Cristiano, that are one, never going to be quiet when it comes to our people. 
And two, I mean, we actually will stand up for other people. Like it ain't even gotta be our black people. We 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 for the underdog. Yeah. You already are coming with the mind knowing that the people before you that have stood up for others have been murdered. So I have given my life to the movement, whether that be, you know, just fighting for the movement or dying for the movement. My life is definitely for the movement. And I truly believe that that the path that God has given me to be on. But I do believe that there are others out there that know that they're supposed to be fighting in this, you know, army of righteousness for our rights, for our um, children that just haven't answered the call. And I just say today, Juneteenth, you make the decision to be the change, whether it's just be the change in your city, your town, the country, the globe, whatever it is that is on your heart that you desire to do for the community to make it, make it happen today, start it today because we need you. There's a little boy and a little girl just waiting for you to make your move so that they can really see liberation. Nice. Thank you for that. I want to tell everyone, take your thoughts and prayers to the ballot box this November. Yes. So, so Nubian, I have one last bonus question for you tonight. Oh, here you go with the bonus question. <laughs> so our bonus question tonight, uh, we like to ask this of every guest that we bring to the show. If you had unlimited dollars, any billboard sign, anywhere in America that you chose, if I gave you the money to create a billboard, what would your messaging say? Ooh. Ooh. One thing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not good with people giving me money because I just want to give it all away. (laughs) But if I had to choose to give folks a message on a billboard, it'll be the message that's gotten me through my entire life. And that message is, and I'm gonna try to say it without crying because it just like really is one of those for me. When you feel at your lowest and you look around and it's nobody there, never give up, help is on the way. Whatever that means to you, help is on the way. You just say that to yourself three times. And I guarantee you before the third time you say that, something will happen. Roses, 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 roses. You can't give up. (laughs) Thank you for that, Luby. Thank you so much for that. That that definitely seems to be a heartfelt and a very inspiring message. Thank you. Um, and also thank you once again, Nubian, for joining today's episode. Very special Juneteenth episode of Every Black Rising. Yeah. Um, it was lovely having you on the show today. And it was great being our special co-host today. Once again, it was Cristiano and farewell. Peace out, y'all. Happy Juneteenth. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We appreciate you. If you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. If you like the show and would like to support us, make sure to go to floridarising.org and become a member. Until next time.